Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunded campaign success and better physical product businesses. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and each week I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert designed to help you take your startup to the next level. If you're interested in learning what we're all about and kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, check out artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. You'll get our entire guide to crush your campaign and take your business to new heights. But now, let's get on with the show. Today's Art of the Kickstart podcast is brought to you guys by eFulfillmentService.com, the company that actually has experience helping crowdfunders make it happen. Hey guys, welcome back to Art of the Kickstart. Today is going to be an interesting podcast. We're not going to have an interview. Instead, we're going to cover a common question that I get. And that's crowdfunding an app. And a lot of people have a question related to that. I get people reaching out to me about coaching and consulting all the time with the next greatest SaaS or web app or mobile app or any kind of app. And just had another guy reach out to me today talking about it at the co-working space and thought, you know what? We should make this into a podcast episode. I kind of want to cover this so people can understand a little bit more some of the challenges and strategies to create software-based products. Because let's face it, software is pretty freaking cool. Software is the Harry Potter magic of the world and allows you to pretty much do anything. But why have there been so few apps funded on Kickstarter and Indiegogo? Think about it. When was the last time you actually saw an app? It doesn't really happen very frequently. Five to ten times. That's, that's what I've seen based off of mountains of research for some client stuff. You don't see these things happening very often because, to be honest, that's not what the platform's built for. Kickstarter and Indiegogo were kind of, they, they've evolved into product launch platforms. So they do really well for physical product stuff, stuff that takes money, stuff that couldn't happen without backers' commitment. Software? That just takes time as a rule of thumb. Maybe there's some servers, maybe there's some other stuff. But as a rule of thumb, you're just putting your time into creating something. And that time is incredibly valuable. Just look at the rent rates in Silicon Valley in San Francisco. But you know what? Crowdfunding doesn't work great for apps. But there's a lot of stubborn people out there. A lot of people want to make an app. They want to crowdfund it. So you know what? Let's cover that today. But before we jump into it, I got a little bit of news for you guys. So Art of the Kickstart is going to be undergoing a major change in the upcoming weeks. I'll have more details for it, you guys soon. But we're going to be bringing a friend on the show and getting a co-host. I will let you guys know more, but that's just a teaser for next time. So today, let's crowdfund an app. So you have the latest, greatest idea for a mobile app. You want to build this iOS thing and you want to build it big. What do you need to think about in order to successfully crowdfund software? So the biggest challenge, like we said, is software doesn't really take a lot of money. Software takes time. And time and money, while people like to say time is money, it's not, at least in the eyes of backers. Money is money. Money that's needed for factories, for production runs. Not time needed to code something. So you kind of have to separate the concepts of money and users for a successful app. Typically, there's one of two things that startups really need. Either you're going the mass exposure route, you're going the Silicon Valley route, where you're trying to build an app, you're trying to get users on board, 
more and more action, more and more engagement. Okay, now you know what? We got a billion users on here. We haven't made a cent. Let's sell this thing to Facebook for $6 billion or whatever Instagram ended up doing. There's the one approach. The other approach is building a bootstrapped company of, we're going to build this. We're funding it with our own money. We are going to fuel the business and fuel the growth, fuel the marketing based off of the sales and profits of the business. That's bootstrapped. And as you scale and grow, the business grows with it. MailChimp's a great example. Those are kind of the two divergent viewpoints of software. And you need to decide right off the bat what type of business you want to build because it's going to dictate how you crowdfund your app. Ideally, you would get tons of money and tons of users for this awesome new app idea you have. But really, that's not how it works. Apps do terrible. You've got to compromise. You got to choose one or the other. You're not going to get tons of backers and tons of money unless you're creating a time machine. And a time machine is a physical product, in case you were wondering. So you've got this idea for software. What do you need? Is getting users and getting people, getting engagement, is that what's necessary? Is that what you're looking for so that you can go pitch this to investors? If it is, crowdfunding can be a great platform. What if you just go for users? You have really low reward tiers, a dollar. You can't do free because Kickstarter and Indiegogo like to make money and they don't make money on free. Trust me, I asked. So you could do a dollar or very inexpensively based rewards and use it just as marketing. Use Kickstarter and leverage that platform, leverage the hell out of it to get your app some exposure and to get yourself some users to test, grow, and evolve with. Or you go money. Let's say you've got an app and you want to bootstrap it. You need cash to get this thing going. Well, then you got to focus on users and you got not users on money. And to do that, you're going to have to focus on increasing the value, making it feel and be more valuable to the backers and ideally focusing on higher leverage or higher value consumers or clients. A lot of these businesses will be B2B based web apps. So to increase the funding, you've got to increase how important or how valuable this seems to somebody. And what that means is perceived value. So there's a difference between a Mac and just a regular PC. And notice how I say just a regular PC. There's a difference in perceived value. Hell, I don't have a Mac. And I perceive a Mac as being more valuable than a PC. And that's merely through the branding. That's merely through the kind of experience of, oh, this is going to be virus-free. This will be bug-free. Oh, it's made of an incredible aluminum. And the software just seems to work. How can you increase the value of that with a software product, something that's almost infinitely scalable, to overcome some of those challenges that backers have? Because once a software product's built, there's very little cost that goes into maintaining it versus building new products and new products and new products. That takes a ton of money. It's capital and cash intensive. Software is not. So what are some ways that you can make that sexier? Well, an app that might normally be free, people aren't necessarily going to want to pay for free. So how do you add value to the app? You can combine it with related offers. You can add an ebook related to the app. You can have some exclusive kind of special status. They get their name on the app. They get to choose some of the features. All of these things that make people feel like they're a little bit more involved with the actual startup. The same thing that work for typical physical products. These work great for software. These are ways that you can bring an app, something that's typically free or typically low cost, 
and be able to raise a decent bit of money with it. Another thing that goes along with this is offering other related rewards. So we talked about this a little bit. Um, A company that did this very well was Shadow. Shadow was basically an app for tracking dreams, for connecting with other dreamers, and essentially making a dream network throughout the world. It's still a little bit confusing. I'm definitely not a part of it. But they did a great job with a software that raised a ton of money as a software, as an app. This means you guys can do it too. They leveraged with ebooks, physical copies of books, and some other stuff on the topics of sleep. Highly related things, things that people interested in the app would actually go for. So it doesn't have to be your product, which is the main selling point, the main value point, but you're going to get users, you're going to get money. Sounds pretty cool. Another thing you can do, so let's say you get an opportunity to be part of something, part of a beta. It feels kind of cool. You're early, you're exclusive, and that's how you can improve your Kickstarter when you're running a software campaign. Let people get their hands on it before anyone else. Early bird specials do well, not just because they're great prices, but typically because they deliver earlier. And everyone wants to be like, feel like they were the first. They can tell their friends, they can be exclusive. Well, if you can make them exclusive, they're willing to spend a little bit more money. So what can you do? How can you get your app to people first? How can you give extra features and functionality so that let's say it's a free app or a dollar app or whatever, even a web app. How can you make it better for these users so that they get something exclusive? Now, let's say that you want to step it up a little bit. An effective way to build any business is having a launch where you launch to a list, a channel or otherwise. Kickstarter and Indiegogo are channels. They're ways for you to connect with backers and buyers. But if you have some props, if you've got, uh, if you've got a list build up, if you have an audience, that can be a great way to turn even a software based Kickstarter into a successful campaign. How do you do that? Well, the way that crowdfunding works is it's based on velocity. That's how the algorithms for ranking works. So if you have an app and you want to get some push, some momentum, leverage that existing audience. Let's say your app is sports-based and, of course, you've got an awesome sports blog because why else would you be making a sports app? Well, you know what? Those people might just be interested in getting your product. Even though it's not a physical product, they can still help you ranks in those rankings. And that's what matters. So hitting up a list, if you have one, if you don't, you really should start working on this. But having an existing audience, this is just a way to monetize an audience for anyone that's more familiar with the business and uh, the internet space. That's what you're doing effectively when you have an audience built up and you're creating a software for them. You're monetizing them. You're creating it. And they can be the people that help, that help fund the creation of this, of this product. And sorry if I'm stuttering throughout this some of this times. It's really hard to be on, on mic on your own. I have no idea what to talk to about and have all of these crazy pauses. But you know what? I think this is important for people to hear. Because when you're making an app, it's an app. So many people make apps. And you're going to need to set yourself apart somehow. You got to have an audience. You got to make sure you're adding value. You got to be giving people exclusivity. Or you could even offer long-term value at a steal. So let's say you're, you're making more of a recurring-based model. Let's say you're going for MailChimp. You want to compete with those monkeys that are sending emails everywhere. Well, 
offering awesome deals and grandfathering people in, that sounds pretty cool. If I know I'm going to need XYZ service for the next year, the next forever to run my business, I wouldn't mind buying that thing and being the person who helps fund it in exchange for a little bit of a discount. So what if I'm paying like 20% off for life or grandfathered in at X price, price is about to rise, et cetera, et cetera. These can make things significantly easier for people to justify buying. The longer they're going to use it, the more value they're going to derive out of it, the more they're going to be willing to spend and to back your campaign. And that's really important because if you're launching a Kickstarter, you need the money typically, or you need the users. You probably want both, but you know what? You had to decide. So you chose one, you went for it. And if whether you're going for users or for money, you want to maximize the results. We've talked plenty about maximizing results on this podcast, but I think this was important to break down some of the differences in psychology for software, getting users, getting money and building your business, your incredible software, funding that bad boy, whether it's your time or hiring a developer, just funding it and getting it going with a crowd. That is how you do it. Those are some of the challenges. And of course, we'll be back again next week with some exciting news. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have an awesome day. And just don't make a software product. There's so many people doing it. Or if you do, just go to Silicon Valley and get hundreds of millions of dollars of seed funding. That's how we roll. Till next time, cheers. If you've got a crowdfunding campaign coming up and are planning on crushing it, then I have exciting news. The Art of the Kickstart Crowdfund Academy is going on a massive listener-only sale. I decided I want to make sure more crowdfunders get access to the information and the step-by-step guides that they need to crush it. So for a limited time, the first 100 Art of the Kickstart listeners are going to get the entire 43-video Crowdfund Academy, the step-by-step detailed guide where I walk you through exactly what it takes to crush your Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign for $67, originally $347. Artofthekickstart.com slash go. You can get the entire course, which will walk you through everything I do, everything that you need to know, and help you crush your campaign. Check it out. Artofthekickstart.com slash go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show all about building a better business, world, and life with physical products. I'm your host, Matt Ward, and if you've enjoyed today's episode, you should check out artofthekickstart.com. You can find access to all our past episodes, get our Kickstarter Crush It Guide, and if you love the episode, be sure to leave us a review, artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help you grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, have a great and productive week. Go build something incredible.